Hello and welcome to Box Cutters episode, special episode Charlie. That didn't work so well. My name is Josh Canal. To my left, John Richards. Hello, listener. And to my right, Brett Cropley. Good evening, viewers. Uh, now, let's see, let's see if this works. I have an apology to make. This happened. It is tragic news. Also, uh, here's to absent friends, Eartha Kitt. Really? Uh, Catwoman. I, I'm assuming... Hang on. Let me, let me check <laughs> this that. This could be embarrassing. Because I heard it. <laughs> oh, really? I thought so just like... Uh, Phil was played by Barry Pierce. There well, you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, th- I think I, I must, have, must have misheard something on this morning's radio. Oh, no. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, so, no. But well, now that you've said it, she's well going to die. Oh, no. That's oh, awful. Oh, because I've said it on the show. Josh, you've just killed Eartha Kitt. I'm sorry. She was Catwoman. I know. How did you do that? I know. I did not. I, I want to say apologies to the entire Kitt family, to uh, all of Kitt's, all of Eartha Kitt's friends, uh, to everybody who was a fan of Eartha Kitt. So you could have just, said nothing. You could have just said nothing, but no, you had to kill Eartha Kitt. To all and, of uh, Night Industries 2000. I think if... Uh, a different, different kid. Oh. Uh, I, I think if we learn anything from this year, this being the last show of the year for box cutters, traditionally, uh, if we've learned anything from this year, it's that our words have power. And first we... Uh, yeah, we've cancelled shows... We've uh, we've brought down people's careers. We uh, we do only bring death though, because we did try one one week. I think we experimented doing something positive, and that yeah, didn't, that, that didn't work. That didn't work. We got Sally Fletcher out of her long term, long lifelong job. Well, I don't really count that because that was you know a good year. We're but I'm, I'm talking about more, more things like Grant Hackett, like when we announced that uh, Grant Hackett was, was retired from, from swimming. swimming. Yeah. Well, that he was retired from su- swimming, yes. and uh, and then the next day. He announces that he's retiring from swimming. It was front page news. And uh, and then I go and do this to Eartha Kitt, and I I am terribly sorry. Eartha Kitt did uh, did pass away last week, uh, not at the beginning of December, as we as, announced. As we announced, we're a lot like that videotape from Ring. You know, we are. Like, we are. We are. You know, people listen to us and then they die. Yeah. So uh, th- happy New Year, everyone. <laughs> it was uh, it was very strange to get some texts from box cutters listeners on. Boxing Day our time. I was just at the Boxing Day test, just watching some cricket, and uh, and and people that texted saying, "You've killed an Eartha Kit." How many times did you get called a bastard? <laughs> how many? How many did you get? Uh, I know I at texted least, you at least five or six. <laughs> a lot of people, a lot of people, very angry that I killed Eartha Kit. I'm very sorry about that. Can we get on with the show? It is uh, it is special episode, Charlie. Which, of course, means... Special episode or special edition? You know what? I looked back and the first one was special episode alpha. The second one was special edition. Yeah. Bravo. Yeah. So I think it's following the pattern... Following the pattern... The alternating pattern. It's an yeah. epidition. Yeah, yeah. Epidition. Yeah. Special epidition. <laughs> so this is a special epidition, Charlie. Mm. Let's go with that. Special epidition, Charlie. Yep. Our first guest is a man who was co-host during the year... Has been guest for a while now. It's been on and off box cutters. Uh, does his own podcast and now radio show called C- C- Comedy, Comedy Obscura. Obscura. <laughs> Damn, I was getting it. Seamless. Seamless. Jared McCulloch, welcome to Box Cutters Special Edition, Charlie. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Thank you very much, the listener. How are you? Uh, we're well. I'm well. I don't know about John and Brett. I don't. Brett's uh, still drunk from uh, too much eggnog. I'm okay. I think the listener's probably okay as well. 
It's probably still my friend Bert. He was off to see Billy Elliot today. So, you know, depending on how that went. Look, no one who's hungover is going to be listening to this podcast or any podcast in their earphones. No, no. It no. wouldn't be good for the head. No, be no. wrong. So we're Do all better. Because uh, no one wants to hear... <laughs> no, if you, if you have it, just down low, so through your head, headphones. Oh, just, so it just rumbles. It's just, just the Barry White stylings of Brett Cropley. Jared, how's the television year been for you? I had my probably my busiest year in television because uh, at the start of the year, looking back, I can't even believe I tried this, and looking at the current financial state of the Australian television industry, I can't believe I even had the opportunity to try this. But for three and a half months of 2008, I worked seven days a week in television. I was three days at Rove and four days on the mansion at Comedy Channel. And, uh, well, I had a bit of a lean year last year. I think I set out to try to make up for that. So you're evening it out. That's your idea. I but think that's the idea. Across yeah. the two years, you had like four days a week. Yeah, I reckon I'm due for another year's holiday now. But, um, <laughs> you know, and heading in, these jobs are always by their nature part-time or, you know, bits and pieces for a couple mm-hmm. of weeks or a couple of months. And I sort of thought, well, Mansion's 13 weeks of four days a week. And then Rove came through and said, would you like three days? And I thought, well, yeah, I've got three days in my week spare, so why not? And the funny thing is there were quite a number of shared writers and how several of us managed to not actually tear each other limb from limb, particularly the office we were given at the Mansion was... Uh, smaller than about the size of the studio we're sitting in now, which for the listener is uh, roughly three by three metres. Well, they can, they can see it in the video podcast. Oh, that's ha- right, they can. Ha- there, is, there is no video podcast. How many, uh, how many writers were that's, there? That's in- uh, minimal, minimum four or five, and occasionally up to six or seven people crammed in one room arguing over ideas. Well, imagine six people crammed into one room this size. I can't imagine... <laughs> Oh, that's going to happen later on in the show. It is going to happen, Jared. I'm sure. I'm sure it will. But uh, will you be sustaining that for a period of 13 weeks? Probably. Um, these these shows do go on for a while. And we true. won't be nude like they were at the mansion. Ah, uh, true. Yeah, true. Well, that's right. That were, that's why they were such great days. Uh, so hazy, is, hazy days. Is the mansion coming back in 2009? Because it was it was a look, great series. I was really proud of some. Of that was somewhat like we worked our asses off, but I was so proud of what we eventually got to do. Uh, you know, when you tell any bunch of writers, particularly ones that haven't worked for TV, there are no limits. What you get is a bunch of cock jokes. But once we got through that stage, uh, I was... I, yeah, I reckon Episodes we, one to five are pretty much just cock jokes. And there was a bit of that going on. But look, <laughs> once we decided to lift the, lift the bar a little, I, I, we, we achieved some stuff that I, I will remain proud of for a very long time. And, uh, and it's, I, look, I think it's just budgetary. You're looking at Comedy Channel being... It's an extra buy-in Foxtel Channel... They don't. I guess they don't have a lot of money floating around, and it was it was a it was an ambitious show budget wise. We achieved a lot on a small budget, but I, I suspect that's probably it's probably the financial reason more than anything else is, is the reason it's not going ahead. All the budgets being diverted oh, to other things. That's a shame. I'm just it's it's a pity it hasn't been picked up by a commercial network. I I'm sure I'm biased, but I think there was a lot there. Well, that, surely um, the ABC for their Wednesday night comedy lineup had been looking for something. Yeah, you'd like, like to if think they, so. If they did uh, two, uh, two series in a row of uh, The Hollow Men. Yeah, and, and the other thing is, sure, we have a lot of topical comedy on... Uh, it's almost... There's no other film of comedy almost on, on TV at the moment, but uh, we, could, you know, we could mess around with sketches and characters a little bit more than a lot of other shows have, uh, have leeway to do. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was really good fun. I was very proud of it. And if it doesn't come back, I, for one, will be disappointed. Although I probably won't try to work seven days a week in TV land again. Yeah, that's uh, that, that is hard work. It's, uh, yeah, that's right. Satisfying though. Yeah. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah, that's good. Uh, favorite show for the year that you didn't work on? Look, here is a vote for 
Who Do You Think You Are? On SBS Sunday nights. Oh, yeah. Perhaps oh, yeah. it's a bit of an no. old person show. No, I know I it probably doesn't have, you know, your, your sci-fi cred or anything like that. But I really got into it. I've always enjoyed the, the idea of genealogy and looking through your stories. And I really enjoyed the way it was put together and produced. And that's both the original production and even the Australian version. Actually, isn't it funny with these sort of shows, um, we always feel the need to apologise before. Yeah. I, you have to go, I mean, it's a really well-made show, but I know I sound like an old fart if I say but it the was. bill or, you know. It was. Oh, what sorry. was that? Oh, is that the old that's, person alarm? That's your warning, Jared. Oh, is it? <laughs> that's your two minute uh, warning. Oh, okay. I've got two minutes left. But it was Be compelling documentary style TV. Um, there. Did you did you follow Jack Thompson on to uh, his cynical thing on Channel Seven? Or Bogans without or parents. No. What's yeah. that sort of called? The yes. ads for that show were enough to turn me off. I, I didn't want to dispense with the original. I was you didn't happy want to, to watch Weepy that. Bogans. Weeping Bogans. That's oh, what it was called. I'm sure it was nice, but you know they weren't famous. So no. uh, I have no care for them. Yeah, Who do you think, right? It was a beautifully made, a beautifully shot series. It was, it was really, really well nice. done. I mean, obviously they have all the resources to do all the research they need, and I, I wish we could all have the, you know, just lob into a town in Prussia and ta-da, someone's already got your ancestry ready to go. But um, I have to say it inspired me to start looking through Prussia. my archives, and uh, if I don't ever get famous enough to be the subject of my own episode of Who Do You Think You Are, watch out for my version of a comedy festival near you. <laughs> <laughs> you go as far away as Coburg. You know, it's going to be those sort of shows. Oh, so, my, yeah. my people came from Scotland, and that's pretty much. They came here on a boat. Yes, but one of them did get locked up in a lunatic asylum for the criminally insane. So there's oh, stories. Cool. Uh, oh, that's so you uh, you're you're related to someone who was in Arkham Asylum. Uh, if you like, if that makes me cool. Yes. Yeah, t- totally. All right. Could be the Joker or Two Face, possibly, or, or Scarecrow. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah. Scarecrow would be cool. Yeah. Totally. Right. Totally. What about cool. that one that was a giant egg with a top hat? Uh, you're thinking of Humpty Dumpty. No, there's a giant egg with a top hat. There are people at home now listening to this going, I know who the giant egg with a top hat is. Does, yeah. this, does this chat take time out of my two minutes? Yeah, it does. Uh, yeah, 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 sorry. I'm, I'm just filling to try to get rid of it. Yeah, so anything, anyway, else, anything else you've enjoyed over the... Oh, hang on, that was the doorbell. Doorbell? Doorbell. Somebody's at the door? Someone's at the door. Oh. Sorry, Jared. We're ah. going to have to get that. Okay, then. I'll uh, go and see who it is. Yeah, okay. that, that'd be great. All right. Yeah, awesome. have a great thanks thanks so much for uh, joining us on special episode, Charlie. No worries at all. We'll see you next year. <laughs> see ya. Hello, this is Frank Thring, gossip from heaven on the box cutters. I bumped into Ray Charles the other day. Well, he bumped into me because his dog's not dead yet. And at the door was Nerida Haycock. Hello! Hi, Nerida. Hi! Thanks so much for... uh... (laughs) Alarming. Very, very alarming. Do the whole thing in that voice. No. <laughs> Thank, thanks so much for, uh, for for coming in for for special episode Epedition. I think Epidition. we're calling it, we're calling it Epidition Charlie now. Excellent. Thank you very much for inviting me. Uh, let's. I might uh, have more to say this time. You've got uh, you've got some lists there. Now this is the non-list show. Non-list show. Traditionally, well, no, no, but you're talking so, worst and worst. It's the non-list show where we uh, talk about superlatives. What is it? Yes. Unordered items. Unordered items. Unordered. It's, yeah, there's no particular order it's to them. Unordered it's, items. So, so do you want to? You sh- are talking best and worst, though. Sure. Aren't you? Share some of yours, and we'll share some of ours. Well, okay. The a couple of things that were, I thought were really good about this year was the uh, HD box cutters. Of course. Yeah, yeah. 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 Box yeah. cutters. <laughs> Being on box cutters. Yeah, you can't really promote the show within the show. You know, oh, no, it, that doesn't it, work. It sort of lets the whole thing down. Hey, everyone, listen to We've box already cutters. Them. Yeah, oh, yeah they're already here. We had them at hello. I don't, <laughs> I don't understand how it works. 
But anyway, two of the uh, one of the things that I thought was really great was the HD channels. Actually, a couple of the HD channels actually getting into alternative programming rather than just repeating the same old crap. Mm-hmm. As um, Channel Ten, I, particularly Channel Ten, getting into the sci-fi. I'm not a big sci-fi person, you know, quite selective about it. Don't look at me like that, John. <laughs> I raised my eyebrow and narrowed it. Go on. In a a very curious and forceful manner. Um, Yeah, so, uh, but yeah, all the sci-fi that they're showing on Channel 7, uh, sorry, on 10 HD. And also... And also um, they showed Friday Night Lights on 10 HD. Yes. Yes, uh, Which was amazing for anyone in Australia to show it. And now I think Fox 8 are showing it as well. Yeah. So that was that was one of my highlights, and the restrictions on ABC Two being lifted because they were restricted to what they could actually program. Yes, um, on that channel. So the ABC now, Two it's is open great now. It's a great. Because it used channel. to be basically music and repeats of other things. Yes, mm-hmm. but now they can put on. They're, they're putting on a lot of comedy and all sorts of stuff. I, I mean, it, it was great to see uh, things like the, the Brian Wilson's Pet Sounds live yeah. concert and. Uh, Cure live. Yeah, well, they're still doing like a lot that. of the music. Yeah, they still yeah. show those as well. Uh, It'd be a great yeah. new comedy now that they obviously yeah. see a bit more nation. Yeah, mm. I think it, it it really lets them uh, s- spread their wings and fly. Which and is, films which is showing lots of really good films on ABC Two, and often oh, yeah. showing them ABC Two first and then showing them on the ABC. Yes. So yes. Um, To Kill a Mockingbird, which has been on twice last month, but what an amazing print too! Just a gorgeous looking print. Oh, like, and uh, and uh, also I mentioned uh, Iconoclasts was on ABC Two before mm-hmm. it was on ABC One. That's right, it was too. So that was um, they were that was a big highlight for me doing that, getting that. That's good. Do we want to talk about shows? Yeah, sure. Give, okay. give us, you know, well, give news, us Newstopia. Newstopia. Every year it comes back. I love it. I guess Newstopia was on my list as well, or my my my, my unordered okay. items. Unordered uh, items. I, I yes. also have Newstopia down there. Do you think? Do you think anything with Sean McAuliffe in it would be on your list? No, because I saw Boeing. Boeing. At the <laughs> and I was that wasn't never, his scripting, though. I no, was never was a fan of Welcher and Welcher. I couldn't. I just couldn't get into that one. But at the McAuliffe all. pogrom and all that, and the Channel Nine McAuliffe show. I, yeah, I was yeah. actually convinced by the McAuliffe uh, pogrom and variations there. It's not the McAuliffe pogrom. Can it we just was, get seriously? No, no, it was pogram. Yeah. No, there was, there was a pogram. Each series There's has three a different. Series. Yeah, there was pogram. Yep. Not pogrom. No, no, program. <laughs> pogram. Pogram. Then then one. the first one had one M, the second one had two M's, the last one had one M, no R. Well, my hair is well and truly split. <laughs> but, um, I, I, but, yeah, but, I, I was never, I was never that. But po- <laughs> pogrom, pogrom is when a bunch of Cossacks go into a village and kill a I whole lot of Jews. I could have sworn that the last one, one was called McCall, I've took those Cossacks. No, I actually, no, I think the third one is actually called. I'm, sh- I'm pretty I'm, certain that the I'm, third I'm, one is called Pogrom. To the it's internet. Po- it's it's to the two internet. O's. It's Pogram. All right, to the internet. <laughs> it's Pogram. Okay. But anyway. Anyway, Utopia, yes. And I really enjoyed Underbelly as well, even though I know that you didn't like it, Josh, but that's because it. I re- that was just because it didn't meet your expectations. Did you watch so, that interstate? So I'm, not gonna I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. I freaking Did you watch it on a hot air balloon? I think, yes. I think it was legally acceptable. Oh, come on. Let's... <laughs> let's Okay, edit it out if you're really concerned. I'm actually the only person left in Victoria who hasn't seen it, which I, I, I know I should because it's apparently brilliant, but I'm now thinking maybe I should keep that. I wouldn't go... I'll be on my deathbed I going, call I it never saw brilliant. Underbelly. I wouldn't call it brilliant. Mm-hmm. I thought it was very good and I thought the cast was great. I did think that the voiceover was unnecessary, which was one of your beefs. Some, yeah, Josh, Josh's beef Josh about it. Josh that. It Voice, was irritating, was but, but there wasn't that much of it later on. It was it was like a little bit at the end or a little bit at the beginning, and it's just 
chin out. But compare it to... I mean, John had the perfect point uh, uh, last week when we were talking about John Adams, uh, where he's going, oh, I don't really know what's going on. But then, oh, hang on, they talk about it in the story. I mean, it's it's not that hard to do. For, for me, I had Underbelly as uh, my most overrated show of the year. And, uh, and I think it was... Uh, like, it was shot nicely, and some of the acting was really good, but I just thought the writing was terrible, and it just had first draft stamped all over it. It really seemed rushed out for no good reason. And then the whole controversy with uh, not being shown in Victoria, and then probably being the most pirated show in all of Australian history. Well, that's the thing. I mean, yeah, you would perhaps see it as overrated in that respect, but When's the last time an Australian show actually generated that much talk and interest? I mean, it, it's worthy. I think it's worthy the for surgeon, that reason. The surgeon, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> you're trying. You're really trying, aren't you? Out of the blue. <laughs> Just want to get another stab in there for the surgeon. Yes. Oh, totally. Totally. I, that's, I've still got that as my best show of the year. <laughs> it's been... Uh, it only had one season. It's been my best show of the year for uh, three years running yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> one day, though. One day they'll come back to it, Josh. Yeah. I know. You'll be vindicated. I know. I keep watching, uh, I keep watching Play School hoping that... Uh, It'll turn into the surgeon. That it will turn into the surgeon. That, <laughs> that Justine Clark will just uh, you know, put on some scrubs and start, uh, start operating on people. Yeah. Anyway, another another one that I thought was yeah, another thought that another one that I thought was brilliant and and I mean it got it did seem to get a lot of publicity, but nobody really talking about it was the first Australians, the series on SBS. We never talked about that. It was amazing, wasn't it? It was absolutely brilliant, and for some reason we never absolutely brilliant. Although God knows what Marsha Langton's going on about with Australia, she was one of the main main speakers within the documentary. One of the talking heads, and she was she was angry. She she? was really angry. Um, Which was quite fascinating because you, you hardly ever see really angry people in docos, in, in talking heads. But have docos you heard her talking see... about Australia, the movie, recently? Oh, she thinks it's the best thing. She oh, thinks it's she was not defending it against Jermaine's comments. She, well, no, Jermaine responded to her comments. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, Costello's comments. No, Jermaine was responding. No, Jermaine was responding to Marsha, specifically to Marsha Langton's comments because she said that it was, uh, it was re- it was a good rewriting of history. Or she didn't actually use the word rewriting, but she said, you know, a representation of history. And Jermaine Greer just tore it to shreds and said, "That's not how it happened. That's not how you damn well know that's not how it happened, Marsha Langton. But you're still putting it out there that this is such a great movie. So quite at odds. I mean, if you if you." If you saw the series and then read her review of her glowing review of Australia, piece of poo that it is. <laughs> right. Anyway, we won't go there. Yeah, We're not no. talking about movies. Not talking, not talking about talk, So, first Australians. <laughs> hopefully, they'll they'll replay it because I missed it entirely. It is brilliant. It's really good. It is really really good. It's one of those shows that actually shows up how cheaply we often make things in this country because you suddenly go, oh, this is actually how everyone else makes their documentaries. They take two or three years and they film. Lots of things, and it's just. Yeah. Did it have a large budget? I think it. Well, it certainly was shot over a large, a long period of time. I don't know what the budget was, but it must have had money. I to, mean, the to, fact to, that yeah, the fact that they were able to sustain it for that length of time, I guess. Was there a, a lot of use of the uh, Ken Burns effect from iMovie? There, were, there was a tiny <laughs> bit of that, I think. In <laughs> right, I'm sure yeah. they wouldn't have been using iMovie to actually do it, though. It showed really? Kevin. It showed Kevin Rudd doing the apology. It actually made you cry, which is oh. more than happened when Kevin Rudd did it. So yeah. that was kind of impressive. What? And it was really? really. It was in that style of um, Ken Burns in terms of the, you know, the the 
the recreation of letters and all of that sort of stuff yes. and signing yeah. off yeah. by that, you know, so-and-so from so-and-so. Yeah. Well, the Ken Burns effect is, is, yeah. is making a, a motion from a still picture. Yes. Yeah. So the, uh, the way that he does beautiful. I mean, the, no, but his, just the style, the, the, the narrative, the, the voiceover, the, the is his, his narrative and, style. And, yes. and, and He's really yeah. changed the way that we do yeah. uh, television documentary. It's, Definitely. It, so, so, yeah, I look forward to uh, the ABC replaying that at some stage. That would be mm. excellent. SBS. SBS, SBS, was it? Yeah, it was SBS. That's why I didn't watch it. I don't get SBS. <laughs> Nearly the Is short that a, I don't, I don't receive the, I don't receive it or I don't understand it. Just it doesn't understand you it. Take, you take that as you want it. <laughs> I don't get it. Now, just to, uh, just to step back for a second, uh, the McAuliffe program was uh, the McAuliffe program with one M uh, first up and then the McAuliffe program with double M-E mm-hmm. and then the McAuliffe pogrom. Pogram. Pogram. A-M-A P- at the end? P-O-G-R-A-M. Ah, uh, yeah, pogram. Pogram. We stand corrected. Sit corrected. Do we? <laughs> I got confused. <laughs> oh, I'll take your word for it. Fair Sorry, enough. Josh. Yeah. I also yeah. like that, going back to the news topic. Apologise like to my people. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I uh, shouldn't apologise to people. They killed Jesus. Going back to... <laughs> no. No, I'm sorry, Vatican II. Hey, he was Vatican asking II. for it. He was asking for it. <laughs> he was. Vatican II really gave us a pass on all of that. <laughs> and I think, you know, now at this time, when we're, remem- when we're remembering well, Jesus' death or Santa's death or some- someone's... Santa's birthday. Santa's birthday. Oh, Santa's birthday. <laughs> I don't understand. You've got so many gods. <laughs> <laughs> but I think Ratzinger's rescinding Vatican II. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Which takes me back to Newstopia because I do love that they flesh oh, out the yes. vampire picture of Benedict, for Benedict every time. Yes. Yes. That, that, is, that is one of my favourite ongoing games. And the fact that they take the, he takes the piss out of the um, forum posters. Every single episode <laughs> at the end, yeah, go to our, yeah, go to our page. Leave some absolutely inane comment that makes no sense. Sure. <laughs> anyway, anyway, what else have you got on your uh, unordered uh, items? <laughs> unordered items. Uh, my final one for best of two thousand and eight was finally Dexter made it to free to air. Was it cut at all? No. Wow. Not a bit. But it was late. Dexter it- still seems like the show though. Spend the forty bucks at JB Hi-Fi. You know, it's, yeah. it's a show that just says, "Really, just buy me." I'm I'm very cheap. Sometimes you get a free T-shirt. You know, and it's easier. But the problem than is that they're not showing them fast enough now. Nobody wants them, so yes. Well, yeah. The uh, I mean, that's the, that's the other thing as well. The wire uh, I picked up uh, just before Christmas for fifteen dollars per series. Wow. Oh wow! I know, extraordinary. Well, is that just a vanilla? Like, just that's all it is? Is the app? So did it have? Commentaries. Um, commentaries and oh, just just specs. whatever the whatever the regular did it have pop-up pop-up box sections? set is. So the uh, regional did it have coloring in book same as. <laughs> I don't know if it's the same as regional. Did you get the action figures with <laughs> the rubbers in their heads? No, no, you don't get that oh. for the fifteen dollars. Okay. Uh, but uh, but you do get pleurisy. So <laughs> nice, <laughs> yeah, that's value. Yeah, totally. Free gift with purchase. <laughs> <laughs> so that's so. Uh, that's my that's my Dexter, unordered best of 2008. Dexter coming to free to air television. Yeah, finally. Yeah. Have you been disappointed by anything over the year? Oh, television yes. in television. <laughs> <laughs> oh, telly. Yeah. Well, the two big ones, and I'm sure you yeah you have talked about these. The 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 top of the heap has got to be Swift and Shift couriers. What? what? 
We haven't actually talked about uh, any of the, any of our lists at all no. as yet. No, I haven't talked about but, our um, lists a, yes. at all. I mean, but no, no, but I mean, in the course of your your series, I've actually, I believe oh, Josh mentioned yeah. it a few weeks back, glowingly. Yeah, I've, uh, <laughs> I've actually got it listed here as worst show, as a you know, looking back on the year. Uh, I've got Swift and Shift Couriers as worst show of all time. Uh, that's what I was about to say. Worst show ever. Yeah. Worst <laughs> show ever. Yeah, but not like in a comic book guy kind of way. But seriously, seriously, in the dictionary where it says worst show ever, it has bad. a picture of Swift and Chip. How, f- how on earth? <laughs> <laughs> nice self censure. How on earth did they get money for that? How? Uh, your, your beloved, your beloved SBS. <laughs> yes, they take with one, they, now, they, they, they give I with know, the other. Now it's... I know why you say, I don't get SBS. I don't get SBS. <laughs> They're just all over the shop. One, one minute it's, it's, it's South Park and, uh, and First Australians. The next it's Swift and Shift Couriers and uh, uh, Bogan Pride. Top Gear Australian. Top Gear Australian. I, I believe they have a drunken <laughs> Malcolm Fraser one. who just sits in a room and the drunken Malcolm Fraser goes, Oh, I don't know, what are them? <laughs> but surely... All right. <laughs> that, that's how they make all their decisions. I am the tone captain! Yeah, exactly. They go, Ma- Ma- Malcolm, here's, here's an idea for a show and he does something like that. And they right. go... Is that a yes or a no? <laughs> but I mean, surely the same questions must, must have come up when they greenlit uh, Fat Pizza. And, and but, then but, that, know, that, fat, that fat pizza, into a... Fat Pizza, I could see the appeal. Yes. It, wasn't, it wasn't appealing to me, but I could see the appeal. Yeah. This show, I couldn't see any appeal anywhere. And after but six I'm, episodes I'm sure, or I'm something, sure the, so the rest of the SBS audience felt so as well. And wasn't it bombarded with complaints? I'm, wasn't the station bombarded with complaints about the program? Not Quite that possibly. I would ever admit to. It's like the way I th- that... I think people had to if watch it in order to... If you, read the Green Guide, if you read the Green Guide letters or anything like that, it's just... Oh. It's, it's like how we've embraced advertising on SBS because only 4,000 yeah, people complain per week. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sean Brown. Yeah, good point. I, uh, I just can't... Yeah. Just uh, can't and what else, what else is on your list there? So, uh, Australian Top Gear, you didn't like that. What? Yeah. Whoa, 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 what? <laughs> what? What else? Yeah, so what else have you got? Not on Brett's list. What have you got on yours? Well... I made a concerted effort this year because I hadn't done it for a few years and I thought, well, I'll, I'll do it this year. I actually watched Big Brother. Ah. And it was fairly lame and I can understand why they didn't get the... Did you go with the whole experience? You watched the whole thing? I watched the whole... I watched the episodes that I could because sometimes I was here. And, and here being Triple R. And yep. uh, did you vote? Like, did you take part in the whole <laughs> Big Brother thing? Um, a couple of times I did actually vote, but, you know... Potentially not worthwhile because I'm not one of these people who sits here and votes a hundred times. Yeah, so well, you know, I only vote once. It's like no point. Strongly people enough do that. Yeah, yeah. People that's will really they get their money. People will really drop fifty bucks a week. Yeah. on Big Brother. People that's what it's about. Ra- raising revenue. Oh my god. That's the that's the whole idea. Anyway, but I have never seen such blatant vote vote rigging in a final in my life, and it was just ridiculous. They. They said at the at the at the beginning of the final episode, at some point soon we will be showing you the votes, but we won't tell you who it is. We won't tell you who's got what. We'll just show you what the percentages are, and it's it's a vote to evict. So there's three of them in the final, Ben, Terry, and Rory, and about I think it was about 38 minutes into the final, they showed who was in front, who had the most votes to evict. They actually said who it was. At that point, and I think it was, um, I think it was actually Ben at that point. 
Right. And then it was Rory and – or then it was Terry and then it was Rory. You're using names. That confuses me. Yeah. I, I like to boil them down to like a simple adjective. Terry was the racist. Terry was the racist. Oh, right. the, the, Terry the, the, was the racist who came out with the wonderful comment, it's a wonder Nobby can see properly. The slits in his eyes are so narrow. Now, mm, she, she ended up winning. She ended up winning. Having already been voted out of the house by the yes, housemates. that was it. In the very first episode, the housemates had to vote out one person, one of the, one of the original housemates. And she uh, was voted out and, and quite a, by quite a large majority. And at the first opportunity, they brought her back in. They brought her back in as the, as the minder for Corey Worthington. But when he left, she didn't. She ended up staying in the house and it's like, it's oh. just ridiculous. It's, you know, they, they wanted her there because they thought that because she was conservative and supported Pauline Hanson, she would actually create some conflict. And she didn't really. Mm-hmm. She was actually... She she really tried. I mean, she balanced it quite well in that respect, but the occasional thing came out. It's also hard to imagine her really appealing to the demographic for Big well, Brother they looked as at well. Her, well, they, they all thought of her as like, because the housemates thought of her as like a mum character. They ended up treating her like a mum character because she's, you know, 30 years older than them. The, um, that I think the audience did as well. Thought of her as a, you know, a nice kind of, you know. Slightly daggy. She's mum, racist, but just like mum. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. So um, yeah, so she got voted out, brought back in. Oh, sorry, Nerida. Oh, it's all over. Is that the two-minute warning? No, that's the phone. Oh, it's uh, we've got we've got to go to the phones. I think uh, I think James Tully might be on the line. Oh. so uh, so thank you so much for coming in. <laughs> I re- really <laughs> appreciate it. It's been yeah, a, thanks. <laughs> It's, it's been, been a great year, yeah. uh, but... Uh, I wanted to talk about mediocre telly, never mind. Well, hang around, hang around, we'll get rid of James. And, and post yeah. it on the blog. Yeah. But yeah, we've, yeah. Got, we've really got to answer this. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> or else it's going to go through the voicemail. Okay, bye. Bonjour tout le monde, bienvenue à Box Cutters. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Box Cutters. This is Toby Sullivan uh, displaying his bilingual prowess on the best TV podcast that uh, I've ever encountered. Hello, box cutters. You're on the air. Box cutters. I was trying to order a pizza. Oh, sorry. I thought because uh, we were expecting James Tarley to call in. And, no, we can uh, do pizza. That's all right. Yeah. Uh, what do you want? Can you help me with pizza? Yeah. yeah. Uh, quattro formaggio. <laughs> no, 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 no. Just a capriccio is fine. Thanks a lot. Okay. Okay. Uh, and family. Uh, I'm sorry. A family one of those. <laughs> yeah, of course. Okay, and uh, we've we've got a special on those. Uh, you, if you get a family one, you are, you also get a 1.25 liter of drink. You want a Sprite or a uh, a um, AC cola? Oh, definitely an AC cola. <laughs> I understand that special. Uh, it's a special uh, festive season special that I get to talk to box cutters as well with that pizza. Yes. Well, yes, but only if you're James Talia. Well, as it so happens, by coincidence. I am. Oh, oh wow. fantastic. Well, well, let me do an intro then. And, uh, yeah, about time, Canal. Jesus. <laughs> calling all the way from Victorian coastlands, it's our Australian coastal correspondent, James Talia. <laughs> oh, I think I like an Australian better, but since I'm here in the sun, I'll settle for that. <laughs> I'm, I'm wondering now, James, can you ever not be on the phone? Or is that that's your thing now? Your shtick is your, that that's guy gonna, on the that's phone? That's going to be my shtick, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. No, really, it's just that uh, I know the coffee's so crap there that I just wasn't going to chance it, you know? You what? I don't want to see you guys, really. <laughs> <but I wanna. laughs> 
<laughs> Obviously. No, I just, I, I, I landed back in town just a, a few days before Christmas and I had the opportunity to, to get down the coast for a few days before I get back to work and uh, the only thing stopping me was this edition of Box Cutters, so here I am on the coast. <laughs> <laughs> what? Sorry, no, I don't mean that. I would what? love to be there, but really sitting here looking at uh, Port Phillip Bay in this sunshine is a long way from a London winter. It was too good to pass up. I, uh, I, I completely understand. What I do love about that, James, is that you've just spent three weeks on holidays in Europe and you come back to Melbourne and what's the first thing you do? You go on holidays. Well, what can I tell you? You know, you just got to know how to work the system, don't you? It's it's fantastic. Sometimes I wish I had your job. Now, uh, trust me, some days you don't. Speaking of your job, uh, mm-hmm. you, you have been in Europe pretty much all year. What have been your uh, television news highlights? Television news highlights. Well, for me personally, from my own stories, I have to say I think uh, one amazing experience was flying on Qantas's first A380 Airbus from their factory in France down to Sydney. That was a that was a pretty amazing experience. Fortunately, James, uh, because it was a new one, the wing didn't fall off. <laughs> right, exactly. Which is always a bonus, I find. When you're uh, in the air a long way up. Yeah, it helps. Um, so, so you actually got to go to the uh, the, the uh, Airbus factory as well. Yes, that's right. That's where we went from. So that's a, one of those kind of once-in-a-lifetime things, I guess. Uh, I believe you all had to make the plane as well, didn't you? Wasn't that the deal? All the that journalists the... had to assemble it with the gaffer before you well, could it, get on. It being a Qantas plane, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Uh, I'm glad they're not a sponsor. Um... <laughs> Any more? <laughs> they are a sponsor of Channel 9, so we'll just... Uh, can you just edit that out later? Yeah, yeah, no problem. No problem at all. Mr. Black. <laughs> <laughs> Flying on the uh, Mr. Black A380. <laughs> Uh, exactly, exactly. No, that was fantastic. It's a great plane. They're a marvellous airline. Love them dearly. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that was... Uh, maintain my platinum frequent flyer status. They can go right ahead. That's, that's lovely. So that junket was your favourite story from the year. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, you know, you, you said it in one word there. It, 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 who's going to complain about a junket? Of course, that's always going to be my favourite. Well, yeah, what, what other junkets did you enjoy this year? No, that was about it for the junkets, actually. The rest of it was just hard work. But, you know, it's it's never going to be as hard as it could be when you're doing it from fantastic European cities. I have to have to say that. Well, was it this year that you covered the uh, funeral of uh, the great Pavarotti? No, that was actually... Uh that was actually last year. Right. See, I, you know what? I've uh, I've drunk a lot. Oh, have you? So calendars mean nothing to me anymore. Im- imagine my surprise. And also, Josh, <laughs> being the angel of death that he is, you know, he can't keep up having killed Eartha Kitt. I didn't three mean weeks ago. to well, kill Eartha Kitt. Yeah, exactly. You know, he's to absent friends and all. But uh, also, I'm thinking that um, if this particular show at this time of year is true to its usual form, you would want to be drinking a lot. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's uh, you know what it, it, it hasn't been. It hasn't been that bad because we've installed the uh, the, the doorbell, uh, and then uh, and then you called through. It's be, it's made a really good segue. Uh, oh really? Yeah. Okay. Well, I look forward to uh, hearing seamless. the rest of it. Yeah, seamless. totally seamless. <laughs> totally as always. Are you being the could have beens again? <laughs> you know what? Just I didn't even think the, about it. That was the call. Uh, the, 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 of, of all the calls I heard on your show all year, I think Josh, that was the one that made you. <laughs> Angriest, the, the, the most homicidal. <laughs> it did make me a little bit stabby. Yeah. <laughs> it did. It did. And, and yet, at the moment, it's like you can't go anywhere on ABC Radio without bumping into them. Well, yeah, that's the glory of summer, isn't it? Hey, they started at three triple R, so uh, you know mm-hmm. they've. Uh, like this hope. I, I think they've actually uh, 
outworn that kudos quite some time ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think so. Now, uh, now uh, obviously, f- for me, one of the news highlights of the year was the US presiden- presidential election. Was there a presidential election no, this year? Wait, there was, but that's not the important really? part. The important part was CNN's hologram. <laughs> <laughs> That was that was actually the, the highlight, not only of the election, but the year for me. Unbelievable. Just to see in such a prominent time on election night, CNN introducing a new technology, an amazing new technology, which was just so entirely superfluous. Hey, you know what? I wouldn't want to be in the same studio as Will I Am either. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> James, what do you think they're actually thinking of with that? Because I, I still find myself bewildered as to what CNN thought they were going to get out of that particular I think they thought gimmick. they were going to get a whole lot of free publicity, and I'd be surprised if you ever see it again. Yeah, I, 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 tend, to, I tend to agree. You know, but I've heard a lot of commentators just saying, it was amazing, it was such an amazing well, thing. Well, really? Oh, I've only heard people commentators like... Commentators on CNN. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but Alex Rose and... Ellie, uh, Kevin Rose and Alex Albrecht were raving from, uh, from Dignation, from Dignation yeah. and uh, and so were uh, people on uh, This Week in Tech. I, I mean, and I just whereas you know more, more profoundly, John Stewart just mercilessly ripped the piss out. I'm excited. I've only heard mocking. Yes, mocking has been what I've heard mostly of it, uh, mostly through us. But you know. A lot of mocking. But those tech people should know better because it wasn't a hologram and CNN were just outright lying about that. Okay, Tricky. Give it a rest. We all know. Apparently <laughs> <laughs> in the next election they're working on flip books. So that'll be quite exciting. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. I, like, I, like I, I think next election, uh, CNN should just, you know, beam in uh, a box that has two slips of paper in it, and Wolf Blitzer pulls one out, and that's who wins the election. <laughs> <laughs> Can I say again, I'm James, calling it now. I'm, I'm so pleased to hear you say Wolf Blitzer. I just love hearing that guy's name. It's Wolf insane. Wolf Blitzer. It's brilliant. Wolf Blitzer. It's very Christmassy. It's so much better than Larry King. <laughs> oh, yeah. L- but Larry King, you know, Wolf Blitzer's only about 80. Larry King is 250 years old. That's correct, onto his, uh, therefore, his 150th wife. Also, Larry King doesn't sound like a cocktail. No, no, no. You're right. I hadn't thought of that before. I always thought he sounded like a a piece of German artillery from World War II, but maybe uh, the pub tonight I'll walk in, go to the bar and order a Wolf Blitzer and see what I get. I love that. It could be a good night out. I totally... It's going to get messy. Uh, now, uh, I'm going to wake up a foot shorter and with lots of facial hair. Now, also, it's uh, it, it's been a pretty rough year for uh, for Channel Nine, who uh, are your employers, and uh, they've uh, th- they've closed down the European Bureau. I don't know how that affected you. Uh, they. Um... <laughs> I was like, James, Channel Nine are your employers. Can we get you to say bad things about them? <laughs> no, but I just, I just want to say, you know, they've they've gone through uh, up and down times. You know, they had uh, they had Underbelly, which was a huge launch for them, which I then uh, derided, and uh, and so nobody watched it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Well done. You're yeah. such an influential, powerful man. Hey, hey, hey I kill people with my words, <laughs> Talia. Absolutely. So you just, you just be careful. like verbiage. <laughs> the, uh, uh, so they had Underbelly, but they had the whole controversy with uh, showing Underbelly in Victoria. Uh, Ray Martin finally left the, the network. Uh, Eddie Maguire, they didn't know what to do with him, but still giving him a, a lot of money. They had uh, problems with uh, moving to new studios and selling the old studios. Uh, and yet they're still they're still in the game. I mean, despite all of those problems that they've had throughout the year, they're well, they're still they're still there. I mean, they're number two. Well, look, we, we actually won. 
fairly handsomely the demographic that we had targeted. I know that's the measure that David Gingell put forward at the start of the year. Oh, you're going the 10. Yeah, that's the 10 way now. We wanted to win 25 to to 54s, and uh, that was comfortably done. But look, every network in any given year, going back to the start of television, is going to have its ups and downs and controversies that keep the uh, tabloid newspapers in a frenzy. No network is immune from that. And let's be honest, if it wasn't that way, it wouldn't be quite as exciting. And perhaps you guys might not be there doing what you do and have been doing all year. Oh, undoubtedly. If we want further proof of that, we can point to, and I, I, I don't want to say this because it's a rival network, but there was an incident last week with a high-profile presenter being uh, snapped on a mobile phone in perhaps a difficult position. That mm-hmm. could happen to anyone from any network, and it's just the uh, joy of working in the television game, isn't it? Well, it's, you know, like, like I said at the start of uh, talking about that story last week, uh, it's, oh, wow, uh, you know, should, celebrities are real people too. Should we say that it's Andrew O'Keefe and he was in Yeah, yeah, we said, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we, we said all of that last week. Just Andrew, Andrew O'Keefe, drunk in Chapel Street. And, and the thing is, you know, anyone can get into that situation. I mean, I've been drunk in Chapel Street at three o'clock in the morning enough times. I was just... I was just lucky no one had a video camera at the time. And that you're not a... a and that you didn't have three national TV yeah. shows, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I only had uh, one and I was a guest on one at the time. I'm still disappointed that Andrew O'Keefe wasn't, you know, going further to make it a real scandal. There was no nudity, there was nothing stuck in any body part, um, he wasn't wearing any leather gear. I mean, yeah, what kind of scandal is that? Yeah, TV's not what it used to be. So no. in the 80s, you would have had all those things. <laughs> See, uh, but I also think if, uh, if Andrew O'Keefe had uh, gotten really drunk but then also invited thousands of people over to his house through MySpace, then that would have been controversy. <laughs> yeah, that would have, well, it would have been difficult for his wife. Well, was that the biggest news beat-up of the year, do you think? Uh, well, it's a fantastic story, isn't it? Uh, well, kind no, of. guy's a little shit, but... <laughs> well, that's right. But that's why it's com- it's made compelling by the dopiness, the absolute stupidity of, of the, the, the talent. It's uh, great. I, because no matter what happens, that's, that story is a talking point. Everyone's going to have an opinion on Corey. And that's that's what happened, and that's where it grew legs and, and just kept running. And a, a big step up for it was, I can't remember if it was Today Tonight or A Current Affair, but uh, the host there uh, kind of telling him, take off your glasses. Glasses. The, the people of Australia want to see your eyes, and he refused. That's right. That was a, that was my personal high point. That was that was superb, and that's that's fantastic television. I think he actually used the uh, "You're not the boss of me" defence. <laughs> well, like anyone with the mentality of a four-year-old would. <laughs> it I, was perfect. It was it was a great television moment. I think, uh, and uh, and. I also like to look at uh, television news and current affairs and just go, oh, well, you know, we've survived. We've survived without Naomi Robson. We've survived without Ray. But did we? Did we, Josh? Yeah, yeah. No, we have. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, we did, because as my mother likes to say, cemeteries are full of indispensable people. (laughs) We should get your mother on. We so should get your mother on. (laughs) Absolutely. I'm not sure she'd be up for that, so I'll just keep giving uh, giving off the wit and wisdom of Mrs. Talia, if you like. (laughs) James, have you you heard any whispers around the the traps about the possibility of Ray Martin joining Mike Munro for this new Channel 7 Sunday night uh, deal? Brett, I've been on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> don't you get missives? Don't you have? Uh, don't you have uh, servants uh, in in white slacks come up to you with a tray with a, a, a telegram on it saying, uh, "Mr. Talia, this just came for you." Because clearly I am James Bond. Yes, yes. <laughs> that's right. No, strangely, I've given the servants the week off as well. So oh, you're good. I'm getting no news from anywhere. 
You're do, good. Do you think that's a possibility just personally? What's that, Ray, going to Channel 7 show? Yeah. Uh, I, I think anything's possible. Yeah. I think if, if, if Ray was still feeling inclined to do some TV stuff, that might be a good outlet for him. But whether, may- whether or not they'd want him, whether or not he'd want to do it, I can't possibly speak to that. Mm-hmm. Maybe be- like everyone else, he's writing a book. Well, you know, it's not telly if you're not writing a book. Well, that's true. <laughs> I guess I'm not much for being in the telly industry then. I'm not writing a book, but, you know, give me time. Oh, yeah, you'll get there. You'll yeah, get there. Right. Uh, oh, what's hang that? on. There's a duck. A duck? A duck. I think... Uh, I think just Maguire's turned up with her pet duck. Oh, oh. she takes a duck everywhere. Oh, I know, it's crazy. It's just, it, um, it'll come in and shit all over James, the place. James, we'll, uh, you know, we got, we'll put some paper down. James? Yes? Thank you so much for, uh, for, for joining us. We'll, uh, we'll get Jess Maguire and her duck in. We'll, we'll, we'll try to shut her duck up, hopefully. It's, it's my pleasure. Uh, all the best for the new year to the Boxcutters family, and may there be many more shenanigans to speak of in 2009. Thanks very much, James. And looking forward to seeing you in the studio soon. All right, come in, Jess. Come or on in. the phone from Studio 2, however it works out. Come in, come in. Hi, this is Lawrence Mooney. I've been on the telly, and if you're into televisual delights, then there's only one show you need to be listening to, and that's Box Cutters. Get your ears into it. Oh. Jess, can you please uh, just you know, stop it biting my toes? Jess McGuire's my, here. My duck's with gone wild. Pet, pet duck. Can you, can you hold? Just hold on to it. Just I <laughs> thank you. Feel embarrassed that I bought it here. I just couldn't find a duck center. Yeah, well, it's hard to do. It's hard to do. Jess McGuire from Defamer Australia, and uh, and uh, one time our Big Brother correspondent uh, until she got sick of Big Brother and stopped watching it. And an amazing actress to boot. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. Seamless. Thanks so much for the whole show. Seamless. Uh, Seamless. My, my duck. Thanks Ooh. for joining us on uh, on. <laughs> On box cutters. Thanks for having for me for a special edition, Charlie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, as uh, as as the editor of Defamer Australia, mm. you're really across all the television pop culture news. I'm across everything. You're across. You are I across have to everything. Be across everything. Even if I don't write about it, I know. About you know. It. You yeah. know all about Mei Ling and uh, what's going on with her wardrobe. Yeah. You, yeah. You know everything. No idea what he's talking about. He's a, yeah, no, I'm on it. No, I find it's best to smile and nod. Okay. Yeah. Away, I just I just watched an episode of, of Lost with with Mei Ling in it. I don't I do thought, Lost. Right. You don't do Lost. <laughs> Across Lost. everything except Lost. <laughs> can you uh, can you turn her mic off? Sure. Now? Right, that's, there uh, we yeah. go. That was Jess McGuire. Jess McGuire. It was in the box cutters. Now it's we've got <laughs> quarters of the hour. Now we've got uh, <laughs> ten <laughs> minutes to fill. What are we going to do? <laughs> I have. Put me back on. I'm going to stab you. I've repeatedly, for about two, three years, asked you to burn me a DVD of it so I can actually watch it because I'm always out when it's on. And you went, yeah, every time. Oh, I'll burn you these all these shows. I'll burn you all these shows. And when I come in and go, I haven't watched them, you go, oh, shut up, I just think, you know, I think at some point, you guys need to start taking some responsibility for my life. Now, with that over, the mm. formality's over. Mm, mm. Uh, what happened this year in the world of uh, pop culture television? Well, I thought what we could do, I went through Defamer and I found some of like our biggest stories of the particular month. And I will tell you right now, some months were weak. They were piss weak. <laughs> <laughs> Shit stories. I'm guessing. But they happened. I'm guessing. Hang yeah. on. I think. Okay, if I tell you the month, you tell me you guess. January. What happened in January this year that made pop culture go wild? Uh, I can't remember what happened two weeks ago. ago. Yeah, no, terrible. Okay. This story no, no. I'm goes. just, I'm just guessing that uh, April was a shit month. 
It's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, all right. That's, uh, that's my guess. In January, we lost Heath Ledger. Oh, that right. long ago. Yeah, January. Uh, in January, we met a young party boy named Corey. Oh, uh, we were uh, just mentioning Corey. Just yeah. talking to James Harley about Josh Corey. Josh is a big fan of Corey's work. Well, why Love wouldn't him. you be? Daniel Johns and Natalie Imbruglia called it a day. That was sad. Mm, bad panda. And uh, Tom Cruise's indoctrination video you know, for Scientology came that out. Was, that was great. Do you Tom- know, do you know um, when I first heard about uh, the whole um, Daniel Johns, Natalie Imbruglia thing? It was about 15 seconds ago when Jess said <laughs> Really? <laughs> That's actually the first time. Oh, right. Where were you? Where were you? I you know. Where I thought it was meant to be like JFK, but you've just... <laughs> where were you? I was late, belatedly enjoying it. Yes. And like, my, it did take John about three days to work out that Eartha Kitt was dead. But I feel <laughs> responsible for that because Ryan Egan and I... I don't know if we did it off air or on air. Because you're doing we're, breakfast at the Yeah, moment. we're hosting break, breakfasts at the moment. And I played probably around the exact time she died. <laughs> I played Santa Baby, right? Yeah. And Ryan says, geez, that's a bit sexy. I know. I said, I oh, know. She's gagging for it. He said, I thought she was meant to only like Batman. Batman and Santa Claus. She's into cosplay. And I wonder if she was streaming from overseas and was so appalled at the idea that she's a member of that sort of sexual deviant group of cosplay, people that dress up in sort of anime outfits, that she just died On there the and spot. then. Yeah. Just so that's, died. that's interesting because the, uh, the theory here is that I killed her because I announced her death on December the 1st. Some, oh, some three weeks before have, the actual event. You may have preempted it. Yeah, yeah. you preempted me. Okay, yeah. you did it. You did it. My hands are clean. Yeah, <laughs> no more blood. Yeah, you in February, those hands, pilot. In February, something happened that you would care about. It's about television. Yes, please. Underbelly was banned in Victoria, which totally screwed Channel 9's <laughs> plans. You know, there should be a drinking game with this episode. Every time we mention Underbelly. Underbelly. Really? Mm. Yeah. But also Channel 9 to get the show Canal Road, and that was a huge hit. Oh, oh that's the soundtrack. Oh, no, that's awesome. The, that's the parallel universe I was in, wasn't it? <laughs> uh, Tim Campbell and Anthony Kalia announced that they were a big gay couple. Oh, they were a couple? Not only are they a couple, but I made that happen with the power of my brain by when Tim Campbell came out and I said, I want him and Anthony Kalia to get together <laughs> so that next Carol by Candlelight, they can do a duet oh, together. Uncanny. And it happened! It happened, just like you said. Oh, you're See, a freak. I, I made that happen a year ago. Wow. I don't feel so out of loop because Brett didn't know that. Whereas I found that out like ten days ago on Facebook. Oh, dude! <laughs> Why? What group? Tim Campbell is bumming Anthony Kalia. <laughs> yeah, that, that was the one. Yeah, yeah. That one. And then I had to Google Tim Campbell to work out who the hell he was. But, he's um, the gingy one. Yeah, he's quite hot actually. Oh. I, I'd do Tim Campbell. Oh, well, I have, which was weird. <laughs> <laughs> March. Did anything good? Oh, wait. February, Britney Spears rushed to hospital. Huge meltdown. Uh, huge meltdown. That was, that was a huge a huge television news moment. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, you don't care, but, but the rest of but it, the, yeah, that's the, right. Really, I've never seen an ambulance with that many cameras around it. It was, <laughs> it was extraordinary. Sad. Oh, come on. Beaconsfield mine. I've never seen an yeah, ambulance with that many cameras no, around it. Britney's had cameras in it as well. It was being live streamed. It was yeah, quite it interesting. was. It was bizarre. It was oh, really bizarre and sad, and I really felt I, for. I, I, really I, felt I for have Britney. real sadness for Britney Spears. Well, even there's, now. there's another television moment with Britney coming up later on in the year, isn't there? Oh, I'm sure there is. Yeah, I didn't write it down though. I tell you what, MTV Awards in March. MTV Awards. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, woo. Yeah. Um, in March, the Vatican updated its deadly sins to include taking and dealing drugs. Nice. Mm-hmm. And uh, new idea paid Wayne Carey $180,000 to talk about glassing his missus. Hey. That was a moment in high taste for journalism. That was also uh, Wayne Carey got kicked off uh, Footy Confidential. For, yes. That, mm. uh, let's bring it back to television. Mm, yeah, good work. Just, yeah, what about in April when on 60 Minutes, a television show, 
John and Jenny Deves haunted the world by announcing they were not only red hot lovers with a baby, but father and daughter. I know, I know. I, you know what? I ripped down all of my TV Week posters <laughs> of them when that announcement came Isn't, out. You know? Do you know who they are? Yeah, yeah, yeah the, good, the, good, good. Uh, Mount Gambier couple. Mount Gambier couple. Well, and family. Couple of family. And <laughs> yeah. oh, was that so after the, the German basement? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was well, the, uh, yeah. The, yeah the so ma- incest was getting a bad rap at the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the uh, <laughs> South, South Australian Chinatown connection. Oh, I don't know. But the good news is that later in the year they break up, she leaves him for a bisexual toy boy, and they all live together after Dad's suicide attempt. Oh, that's a sitcom. Yes. That'd be great. Do you want to know a great sitcom that existed that I only discovered thanks to Wikipedia? And by great, I mean I can't believe this ever went to air. <laughs> yeah. They put There was a briefly, and it must have been late 70s or early 80s, that in Britain aired one episode, cancelled, Heil, honey, I'm home. That's oh. early 80s, I believe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where Hitler and the missus move next, next door to a Jewish, Jewish couple. couple. <laughs> and oh. hilarity ensues. Wasn't that love your neighbour? Love thy neighbour. <laughs> no. But this actually had Hitler yeah. in it. <laughs> yeah, terrible. In May, Tanya Zayeta did not gangbang soldiers. <laughs> I remember that. We're in absence of news, isn't it? Yeah, the, uh, yeah. The, she really didn't. That yes. was the most boring YouTube video I ever saw. <laughs> Angry Anderson never suggested it. No, no one. And uh, the government didn't have to apologise about that. I think uh, Channel 9 blamed it on a cameraman. Do you remember Eurovision? So can't bowl, can't bat. Yeah. Do you remember Eurovision? Yeah, yeah Eurovision. totally. Yeah. Dimmer Bilan's Believe, produced by Timberland. Yeah. That's what I wrote, but I don't know if I was being sarcastic or not. Now no, I can't no, even I, I can't I, even remember my no, own no, jokes. You, you do genuinely mean that. Oh, do I? You do. Good for me. How alarming is that? I, you, I didn't know it was produced by Tim. Yeah. yeah. You can tell because every second bar has a hey, you know. Yeah. yeah. And Google image search him and you'll find some wonderful testicle shots. Uh, hey, his yeah. earlier career oh, yes. involving him in a hard hat and not much else. Right yes, I saw, I saw those on Facebook. <laughs> Facebook tells me everything. It's and great. What, yeah, clearly you're like trawling <laughs> Tim Campbell, <laughs> Anthony Kalia testicle sides, yeah. which I'm into, so you can forward me those. Uh, in June, Mercedes Corby successfully sued Today Tonight. Remember that? Yeah. And then they that weren't was... allowed to talk about the outcome of the case, so Anna Corrin went straight to ABC Radio and said, you know what I stand by? Our case against Mercedes <laughs> Corby. <laughs> legal fail. And then uh, Aaron, Anna Corrin, what, where, where is she now? Well, now she's doing CBS or whatever it is. Well, she's, uh, she's, she's doing something. She's CNN Asia, but she's yeah, not yeah. on air. Oh, well, they're, they're, they're not letting her paid? on air. She's in charge of Staples. <laughs> she own hole punches. She has oh, a deafness to the oh, printer. She's very busy. Yes, very busy. <laughs> very busy. So yeah, that was that was huge television news, and that was uh, just another one of Channel 7's many lawsuits throughout the year. It was a pleasant year for them. Yeah. And then, do you remember when Sunday Rose was born? Little Kidman urban baby. Oh. that little gingy creature. Oh, I've uh, I've blocked that out of my mind. But what was special about that was more the international what the fuck <laughs> of Sunday Rose. Yeah, everyone like, but I don't think it's that weird a name. But everyone else seemed to just go, "Whoa!" It sounds a bit too much like Sunday roast. Yeah, yes. that seemed to have been yeah. the big thing that most people. That, that's where your head's going, I think, and it takes a little moment. If you're to get hungry, back. I yeah. am a little bit. Thanks to the party pies, boys. Hey, we aim to please. Mm, I don't know if I'd be bothered going through this year. It was a bit rubbish. The only really, <laughs> do you know what I reckon? The biggest. <laughs> that's what I think of you. Two thousand and eight. 
The only good thing that I reckon my favourite moment, other than Lindsay Lohan coming out and then embracing her MySpace blog like no one's business, two days ago she just blogged, my dad has produced a half-sister somewhere. Thanks, Dad. It's like, it's amazing. And it's really her. It's really her. Yeah, Doesn't, yeah, her yeah. publicist just no, clearly she, has no... Con- she no longer has, like, no longer no uses people. her publicist. <gasps> or, or she'll go, blah, 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 my girlfriend's mate and I, and the post will go, oh, she means friend. And everyone goes, dude, seriously, I, I think we all know that she doesn't. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. But the other thing, other than Lindsay Lohan being a gay and everyone loving it, which I've loved, because I just think what a, what a nice turn, you know, of events that is, that a woman can get a nice girlfriend instead of ruining a career, everyone's going, oh, Look, I'm, yeah, she's not. Well, do you know the weird thing is I don't trust Lindsay Lohan. Like, I, I, oh, it, I do. It's I weird. always I so, like to. I so don't trust her to go, it's just a publicity stunt, which is weird. Because no, obviously I don't think are a couple. Is. But no, I just don't, yeah. you know. I really want you to have faith in their love because I have faith in their love, all That's right? beautiful. Yeah, it's real good. Uh, Tina Fey, Entertainer of the Year, apparent, well, has literally just been given that award. But also, I just think her Sarah Palin has taken Tina Fey from being, if you did love comedy and maybe you watched a lot of, you know, you might have recognised her from Mean Girls or whatever, but certainly not a universal name by any means. By just freakishly looking enough like Sarah Palin, she became a worldwide phenomenon. And her comedy skits doing Sarah Palin, I think... I think something that I read once and I just sort of summed it up beautifully is the most quoted Sarah Palin quote isn't her, it's Tina Fey. The one it's, that everyone you, associates. You I can, can see, see Russia, Russia from, from my house. house. <laughs> what an amazing way to take take one joke and just make it spread it everywhere. It's fantastic. I would still, for weeks afterwards, just still go back and just rewatch those videos, find new favourite bits, new facial expressions that I loved. Tina Fey, genius. I think other than the CNN hologram, that was the best thing to come out of the US election. Yeah, it was. It, re- it, it really, really was. was. And I think... Uh, it also happened to put a mirror up to SNL and sort of show them how weak the show is generally when they don't have the people with the talent like Tina Fey yeah. getting in there and doing it. So at least we have 30 Rock. Yeah, mm. and and that is just going from strength to strength to strength to strength to strength. Yeah, good. Where, where's it going, Josh? <laughs> from strength to strength to strength to strength to strength. Oh, to strength, okay. To the servo, then back home, then yeah. to strength and then to strength. strength. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hang on. Speaking of the servo. I think that's Wilbur Wilde. Wilbur Wilbur drives an old car, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's into the hot rods. Yeah, he's got those wacky racers cars. Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, (laughs) just Wilbur Wilde's coming in. Oh, great! Uh, um, Could you you go and open the door for him? Yeah, yeah. Thanks thanks so much for coming in and doing this. My pleasure. I'll just get Wilbur Wilde out. (laughs) Oh, that's awkward. Is that somebody in the passenger seat with him? We'll have to go out and have a look. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Might thanks, be, Jess. Might be. Thank you, thanks, Jess. Thanks so much, Love Jess. That's, uh, Thank that's you for excellent. doing a segment that I don't have to edit. Yeah, oh, why? Censor, Mr. Black. Oh, uh, and, um... <laughs> sucks cock in hell. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Great. Thanks, Jess Maguire. My work here is done. I'll take it all back. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll see you next year. Have a good one. Thanks, guys. Hi, this is television Scott Brennan. Apparently there's no N in box cutter. It this was is the box cutters. It was. It was Wilbur Wilde. It was Wilbur Wilde, and you were right. He did have a passenger in his passenger seat. Tom Elliott. Hey guys, thanks so much for uh, coming in for a special Epedition Charlie. Josh Brett, it's my very great pleasure. Uh, John, what about John? I'm going to take care of John. Yeah, oh. John, it's my great pleasure too. And as you can hear, the '69 Corolla with the aftermarket klaxon and supercharger is running very nicely. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's nice. It's, it's looking nice. What, what colour do you call that, Wilbur? 
Uh, you'd call it beige, off-white, white, bone. Uh, yes, it's just, you know, just one of those. Marrow. I call it marrow. <laughs> oh, <laughs> nice. Yes, it could do with a transplant too. Now, uh, guys, you've, uh, you've both been in here as, uh, as co-hosts throughout the year, and uh, we thank you for that, uh, and your time is up. Sorry. No! Wait! <laughs> no! Please, tell us all about the year in television for the, the two of you. Wilbur, uh, you, you start, because Tom's got a lot. You know what I've got? You know what I've got for you? What? Mad Men. Mad Men. You're all over it. I'm going to lead with my trumps. Nice. Dexter is great. Of course, Mad Men is astonishing television, and you you guys hit the Mad Men. Yeah, yeah, I I, I like it. I, uh, I I need to get back on top of it because get I got back distracted. Into it, let it wash over you, Josh Canal. It's one of those bathe in it television shows. The references well madman is a phrase coined by the madison avenue ad men mm-hmm. in the 60s to describe themselves okay what i love about it uh, certainly the performances certainly the characters certainly the references to the 60s the mores and the cultural sort of uh differences as it were well, i suppose it's an evolutionary thing you know we, from where from whence we have come what i reckon is so clever is that they will take in their advertising campaigns which by no means dominate the series but they will take a familiar product to us playtex bras for instance now back then they had some pretty sensational campaigns for these sort of things too but they don't just lift the original campaign they also they lift and separate they lift and separate and they separate into a they just come up with better creative original creative for a product and whether it's uh for instance a can of um aerosol deodorant now back then this was a new thing right yeah you know you might have had your roll-ons and stuff like that or a little bit of a spray sort of thing going on uh, you know with that puffer thing i don't know i you know i wasn't really using the stuff back then but a new product like an aerosol self-propelled deodorant spray mm. and they market it and they don't just use what was the original, say, Rexona or Gillette or whatever product it was, the campaign for that. They write new creative. So I, I think that the, the writing on the show is brilliant. It's the creative that they come up with is brilliant. The characters, it, it, it drifts from dark to sort of light. So, so, so it's, it's really, it's like a, a 1960s dramatic version of the Gruen Transfer. <laughs> Without that guy, uh, Will Anderson, too, yeah, yeah. which is always a plus for me. <laughs> hey, Will, if you're listening. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to- Tom Elliott, uh, big year for, for you. You've, uh, you've, you've brought down the world financial currencies. Uh, you've uh, you've uh, re- really... Uh, no, not personally. No, I have, actually. Personally. You have. You have, because you, you run a, a hedge fund, and hedge funds were blamed for everything. Just about this year. Well, in terms of media, it's been an interesting year, not so much for what's been happening on the air, and I'm talking TV and radio here, but for me what's been really interesting is, is seeing the Australian commercial media sector, and in particular television, largely go broke. Now, at the start of last year, I said that I thought that at least one, if not all three, of our commercial TV networks, in fact, of course, we have now four commercial TV networks, because ever since SBS started showing ads, as far as I'm concerned, that is the hallmark of a commercial TV oh, t- don't, uh, station. Don't let Sean Brown hear you say that. No, I know. I know that, that they occupy a wonderfully sort of middle ground there, somewhere between heaven and hell, what the Catholics might call purgatory. Or no, limbo. <laughs> limbo. 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 Yes. I believe they're between a rock and a hard place. Yes, that's another that, way that's to put it, John. Slogan. 
in now, isn't it? SBS. But we, we are in quite an amazing situation now. I think that the future for free-to-air TV is decidedly grim, not just here but all around the world. The threats are the obvious ones like uh, personal video recorders, downloading from the internet, etc., etc. But in particular here in Australia, you've had the additional threat of two private equity takeovers just over a year ago for channels 9 and 7. Now, Nine is technically broke at the moment. It's got $4.2 billion of debt via PBL Media. It made last year $430 bucks. So if you say that its interest bill is between 9 and 10%, which is conservative for an organisation like that, all of its earnings a year ago are being used to pay interest. Its 75% owner, CVC, which is a private equity firm, has just had to pump in $375 million extra dollars to keep it going. And its former 25% owner, one James Packer, known to you all, declined the opportunity to stick extra money back into Channel 9. So it could have been a bit like uh, what Kerry Packer, his father, experienced with Alan Bond. Having sold the network for a huge amount of money, he was able to buy it back. As it is now, James Packer now owns less than 1% of Channel 9. And I think there's still a very real risk that its uh, private equity owner decides to pull the pin and just let the thing go. Secondly, Channel 7, uh, it did lead the ratings last year, but it's also 50% owned by uh, another private equity firm. Kerry Stokes owns the other 49%. And I think fairly soon, Seven um, will be looking around for extra cash. Will Stokes put it in? I don't think he will. He's got designs on West Australian News and a few other bits and pieces that he's doing. And, of course, Channel 10 has been 56% owned by Canwest since the early 1990s. And, of course, Channel 10 was owned by the banks back then. It had been bankrupted. The banks took it over from its previous owners. Canwest now owns it, but Canwest itself is in similar trouble over in Canada. Its best asset right now is Channel 10 and the dividends that flow from it. So it's not impossible to foresee a situation where not just one, but all three of our commercial television networks, not including our friends at SBS, go bankrupt in 2009. And I just wonder what TV, free-to-air TV, would look like if run by the banks. Well, well this, is, this is interesting because they're hemorrhaging money left, right and centre, and yet they're uh, being forced now, and I think two or three years too late, to introduce more channels. And now mm. they're talking about Freeview and how exciting that is, whatever that is, and because uh, nobody really knows. And, uh, and they're going to have three channels each. How are they going to afford that? Well, the, the reality is they won't. I mean, they'll sit there recycling personalities like um, Eddie Maguire at Channel 9, who hasn't been seen for quite some time. The fact is people only have one set of eyeballs, and they can only watch TV for X number of hours a day. So offering extra channels, all it does is divide up the pie into more smaller pieces. It doesn't increase the overall size of it. So to the free-to-air networks in Australia, digital TV is just the most horrible thing they could ever imagine because it does not increase their audience share. All it does is divide it up more. Potentially the one thing that they might get out of that, that is to prevent people from paying for Foxtel. Maybe. I guess if you think that people are leaking over to Foxtel and if they put really good programming, but when you think Foxtel's major audience is uh, news, sport and movies... Are you really going to be seeing things on the second and third digital channels that will compete with Foxtel's main offerings? And the answer is I, I don't right. think you will. Yeah, I just like the sound of this recycled personalities thing. I've been out of the game for a little while, you know. I mean, yes. You know, you're talking about slicing up the pie and Eddie McGuire and everything. I'll uh, slice that pie up. I'll do it for a third. <laughs> Can I ask you, Tommy, you're seeing about station going bust. I mean, we're never, we're never going to see them go off the air, though, are we? We're, we're still, they're, they're still going to be running, they're still going to be on air and playing something, presumably. I mean, is it really going to be like that much of a difference, do you think? Well, there was an the old thing before viewer? we had 24-hour broadcasting, John, called the test pattern, and <laughs> I just wonder whether that might come back. 
Um, yes, they'll still stay to air. Uh, let's, even if one of them did go bust, the banks would take over and they would run it and it would be run on a shoestring. But plenty of people who work at Channel 9, 7 and 10 at the moment would tell you that they're already being run on a shoestring as it is. Um, they still have to comply with the local content rules, so you'd probably see more reality television and less locally produced drama. Um, you would see a hell of a lot more of two and a half men, if indeed that was possible. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think Channel 9 are actually uh, devoting their uh, extra standard definition digital channel to two and a half men in time. I think Channel 9 are doing scientific experiments with the nature of time in order to create (laughs) more overlapping time so they can play more episodes of it, you know, sort of in different dimensions. That's nice. See, they're they're moving forwards. I was there for the purges in 86 when Kerry was getting ready to sell it to Bondi and uh, on station at GTV there were something like 600 people prior to the purge, 200 after. So it's... Was Ooh. absolutely stripped back to a lean, mean fighting machine. Was, and that I, I, was working, I was working at nine two years ago when it was sold to the current private equity private equity owners, and even things like the number of uh, and they were generally girls working in makeup went from six to five to three to two to one for the same program. And uh, you know, I mean, that was just the sort of thing. And female uh, announcers and so forth were expected to start doing their own makeup, and these just oh. little things. Now, uh, with the, sorry. With, Channel 7 and Channel 9 have tried to uh, get around the problem of content for their extra HD channels by sharing content. So some Channel 7 content is going to Channel 9 for their uh, lifestyle bits and some Channel 9 content is going to Channel 7 for their drama bits because they're going to dedicate these HD channels to those two areas. Is that legal? Actually, curiously, it shouldn't be, but it is. What they're really saying is that they really don't expect people to be watching. You're talking about Freeview here, which is going to be a joint venture between at least those two networks. Um, I I don't think it's actually going to work. I think that so few people will watch it, it won't really matter that there's um, sharing of personalities. But what the free-to-air TV networks are going to start realising is that the threat from without is far greater than the old threat of whether Tim was doing something or Seven was doing something and who was chasing the ratings. The whole ratings pie is disappearing. It's not going to disappear, but it is going down at a rapid rate of knots. And I think the casualties of this will be local drama production because it's just too expensive and it costs five, six, seven hundred thousand dollars $700,000 per episode to make decent Australian drama. Um, Given that they keep the local content rules, I think you'll have to just go for a lot more reality television, which is unfortunate, but that's all we'll be able to afford to do. And um, you'll see the leakage of people, not so much to pay TV, but I just think to downloading programs off the internet and, mm. uh, and so forth. And of course, in the US, they now have um, internet TV protocol. Well, actually, they've had it for several years now. Now, that is, that is the future. And the TV stations here have kept their head in the sand for far too long. Being the distributor of content, which is what they are at the moment, rather than like the BBC where you're the creator of content, is not going to be worth so much anymore. And how they deal with it, I just don't know. What I do know is that if I was the private equity owners of nine and seven, I certainly wouldn't have pumped billions upon billions of dollars into these free-to-air TV networks. It's, it's frightening. And, and is there another revenue model for, for television? I mean, in, in the States, they've been trying it, and uh, they've been trying it with uh, things like Hulu uh, and their internet sites. But then uh, also if, uh, if Senator Conroy has his way, our uh, internet is just going to be choked so badly that uh, that IPTV isn't going to be a, a reality for us. Well, I, I think there is. I'm interested to see what you've got to say, Will, but I, I honestly think that... Uh, plenty of people download illegally make illegal download copies of TV shows. But I'm I think, gassed. 
I know it's astonishing that these sorts of criminals can live amongst us, but there it is. So who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? And <laughs> shadow women. knows. But, um, but I, I think if people download, by the way, the shadow. Yeah. <laughs> well, one of the, if you look at the ABC's website, one of the, one of their successful bits is the fact that any program when you watch it, you can go and make a da- you can go and download it. And people uh, say that's great. iView is is sensational. Well, then why don't the free to air TV networks say, okay, let's do the same thing, make it say two, three dollars a program, something that's small enough. The people will think, all right, well, you know, it's only a couple of bucks. I might as well go and do that, and I get a perfect copy, and I don't have to worry about viruses and so forth before they go to the illegal download sites. I do not understand why the free-to-air TV networks haven't done that yet. It just seems, to me, it just just shows a lack of understanding about how the uh, the internet works. Can we not watch ABC programming off their website? Yeah, we can. Yeah, we can. And and I'm saying, why why don't the the commercial TV networks should do the same thing? You look at the commercial TV networks and you look at the the two big ones, Channel 7 and and Channel 9, and their uh, internet space is not owned by them it's not controlled by them channel no. 7's what? is owned by yahoo and uh, and channel 9's is owned by 9msn which is not part of channel 9 channel 10 tried to build their own web presence uh, yes i know almost it's 10 I, years ago uh, now well uh, it was such a massive failure you're, you're talking about uh, scape yeah, Escape, the, the which fish with uh, it was in. it was uh, Channel Ten and Village Roadshow together. Channel Ten also a couple of years ago tried to rebuild their uh, their internet presence, which uh, lost me my job. And uh, and again, they haven't done. A, but they are the only ones of the big three who aren't tied to another but internet company. But it's staffing stuff that they don't have to to deal with. If they get Yahoo and, and, and MSN to, to do all that web stuff, then they don't have to have the staff. But it's also, it goes, it goes deeper than that. What it is, it's, it's you got to understand, the Australian TV networks are primarily transmitters of content. They're not generators of content. So for them, the idea of going and creating something different, even taking... TV-based content and turning into something on the internet which might have an interactive element or whatever, it goes against the grain for them because they've had like this monopoly provision of the TV licence for the best part of 50 years now where all they've had to do is say, well, no one can compete with us because we're the only ones who are allowed to, you know, put pictures out into the ether, if you can believe that that still happens in this modern day and age. Um, And technology has caught up with them in a big, big way. And I, I, I honestly... I'm quite well. I'm not nervous. I mean, I don't really care that much, but I do think that the TV landscape is going to be so dramatically different in the past couple of years. We simply won't recognise it. It's uh, exciting and interesting times ahead, no doubt. What would they have spent on underbelly? What six, seven mil? Yeah. Do you think, Tom? No, no, no. Underbelly costs a lot more than that. Oh, it was north of twenty. Yeah, easily. Yeah, in fact, I think it was pushing 30 million bucks. Would they have recouped nationally? No. Or Maybe. The is, they were really hoping on, on Underbelly, they were really hoping for huge ratings in Victoria. And that first episode would have rated close to 40 in Victoria. But of course, easily. the good thing is that because no one in Victoria has seen past episode five, then those you know, huge ratings are stored up in a can. But, well, but here's the thing. Underbelly is... Channel 9 as a production company, yes. which by and large is not what Channel 9 does. Channel 9 is primarily a transmission company of other people's efforts. Underbelly is a very rare, sadly rare example of when a TV company can make good content. But when you think about most of the stuff that appears on our screens, it's not generated by 9, 7 or 10. It's just 9, 7 or 10 packaging things up and uh, using their, their broadcast licence to show it to people. 25 to $30 million is a hell of a lot of episodes of Two and a Half Men then. 
Absolutely. You can buy two and a half men for something like 100 to 120 grand at 20 cents. <laughs> Say $80,000 an episode. You can generate local drama for between half a million and $700,000 per hour. If it wasn't for the local broadcasting content, you just wouldn't have it. Do you think that CVC have, have had an impact on Channel 9's programming and, and how kind of head shy they've been about putting on stuff like Fringe and, and pulling it off after one episode? Um, I, I think the rapidity with which shows are pulled off is, is, is them being a bit nervous. It also means that – sorry, it also shows how they can go and get programs and if they don't work, they can cut them and then go and get other programs. But it's going to work against them in the long run. Mm. Right. It's definitely working against them as far as the, the audience appreciation of them goes. Well, locally produced TV, for instance, uh, leads me into the morning show, the battle of the morning shows. Now, the hype that surrounds Koshy and Mel and uh, the Today. Channel 9 to the Today Show... Yep. To me, is it justified by the fact that, what, uh, we're talking 250,000 people nationally are watching this at if, 10 o'clock yeah, in the morning? If, 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 sort of thing. How much is that costing them, and is it a worthwhile thing? Are they generating enough revenue from those sort of shows? Well, I, I think that, I think uh, Sunrise really started that, because Sunrise uh, set the scene for Channel 7 to be the daggy station, right? That was, that, that was the way they did it, and uh, Channel 7's growth in the last few years, has really been a Sunrise-led revolution. Uh, and Channel 9 just tried to stop them from from doing that. And they I, it seems to me like they just lost sight of the bigger picture and, and just completely forgot, oh, hang on, it's not like radio. If we have them in the morning, that's not going to keep them to the evening. Mind you, my old boss did all right for Channel 7 with Dancing with the Stars. Yeah, yeah, he, uh, he, he did, sure. Uh, not single-handedly not revive sing- their fortunes, not- but certainly a significant contribution. And then you've got shows, uh, It Takes Two, and Australia's Got Problems, Talent, <laughs> yes. which mm. is you know, going very nicely. I actually, uh, I, I actually think Dancing with the Stars would have done well with or without your former boss. Oh, yeah, well, by the by. It's yeah. a, you know, yeah. it, it was a, 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 the right show at the right time. Yeah, exactly right. I would put uh, all the morning shows and, of course, the evening news in the same bracket. They're a cross between radio, talkback and news. And I think you put all the talent-type shows, or lack thereof, as just part of reality TV, which is what they are. Beyond that, you've got a little bit of local drama. That is it. There is no more as far as what can be made. And if you contrast this with the BBC, the BBC while it has local broadcasting monopolies in the UK, it is a huge creator of content worldwide. Mm. You know, documentaries, uh, drama programs, etc. you name it, the BBC makes it, and it just doesn't sell it in the UK. It sells it all over the world. I mean, it's a brand as well. As it, the exactly, BBC, BBC it is. BBC America, it, it for is. example, uh, station. Now, people argue the BBC makes all its money from licence fees and government monopolies, and that's true, but they have turned that into something. Well, Tom, thank you so much for uh, for joining us on special episode, Charlie. I know you, you came in, you got a lift with uh, with Wilbur uh, in his uh, what was it? Wilbur, a sixty nine Corolla Six, with the aftermarket Klaxon and supercharger. Sweet, it's uh, an but, amazing but I know as well that uh, that uh, you called for uh, someone else to pick you up because you don't like his driving. Uh, <laughs> well, you complained about the Coke cans and the McDonald's wrappers on the floor. You know, I mean, he's on. nothing but whinge, 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 whinge with Tom Elliott. It's what very hard when you can't put your own feet on the floor <laughs> of the car. Right, his knees are up around what? his chin. I mean, I must lean out. Tom, I, uh, I think your lift is waiting out there for you, so uh, we'll bid you adieu and see you in the new year. Thanks, Thanks, guys. Look forward to it. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi, this is Jim Shembury from The Age newspaper. Just telling you all to listen to Box Cutters if it's the last thing you do. 
Josh, Brett, and John are the most informed, entertaining, funniest guys you'll ever hear over a pod. I still don't know what podcasting is, but apparently if you go onto the ARPANET, you can, you can get it. The app Oh, the internet! I'm sorry. That was the old word for it. Yes. Box cutters, listen up. It's great. It was great for uh, Jim to come back in and re-record that for us, wasn't yeah, it, John? It's, it's a seamless bit of editing, it's, I must I know, say. I know. Perfect. perfect. It was a, a pity he had a bit of a cold there. Now I'm, uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm so grateful for uh, for Tom Elliott uh, coming in and uh, and Wilby, you're you're still here, you're sticking around, which is which is great. Thank you. Uh, and we haven't gone through what we the box cutters actually think were the uh, best, worst, etc. of the year. So uh, we're going to go through that now. Hang on. Oh. No. Hello. Oh, it's it's uh, it's Narada Haycock again. Talking yet? You have you been kicked me out? I haven't finished yet. Oh, come well, in, Nez. Come in, come in. You were, you know, Wilbur, Wilbur. Hi, Wilbur. Ner- but Nera, didn't, didn't you already tell us your, your best and worst for the year? Didn't you already say that? Before? We did talk about best and worst, but I wanted to talk about mediocre of 2008. <laughs> ah, well, we'll, we'll get to that. Why don't, yep. why don't we do our uh, our best and worst uh, of the year? Uh, John, you uh, you start. All right, then. Um, actually, most of mine have been covered already, oddly enough, by, by various other people, which, which shows that I'm right. Um, <laughs> I, my, my, highlight, my highlight for the year was actually the, the US election. The US election was phenomenal, and as a as a multimedia experience, I, I got really quite obsessed with it. So I read lots and lots of right-wing blogs, and... Um, and, of course, there was the, the, the Daily Show every day, the Saturday Night Live sketches with Tina Fey, which were amazing. Um, and, and, of course, the, the, even at the end, was uh, Nero and, and myself both attended the... That's true. We the, did. I the, 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 the hologram? The hologram, yes. It was a live hologram being, being beamed to the Birmingham Hotel in uh, Fitzroy, and we got to see the, you know, the acceptance speech. It was great because it, it was a public event that was television and at the same time it was quite a beautiful thing. Um, documentaries, I think, get better and better every year, I think. Um, reality, reality TV obviously covers both terrible, terrible things, but also at the other end, you know, you, you, who do you think you are? Um, Jamie Oliver type series. I think those things are really well made. Like the, the How to Cook or no, no, it was um, Ministry of Food this oh, year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those I, are, I missed where it. He, he insulted the entire town in the UK. He did indeed. But those yep. those journey ones, the, the, the English do particularly the ones where you know it's a, a a goal. I think they do those particularly well. Um, and of course, then on the other end, things like the first Australians, which was astonishing. Uh, TV shows, Newstopia is the only Australian show in my list. Um, lots of comedies. Flight of the Concords wasn't actually on in 2008, but it's still the best show of the year, even when it's not on air. It's great. It was, it Mediocre. Kind of, it kind of, she's just wrong. It, it kind of I'm, bled I'm into you. 2008. Uh, 30 Rock, Ashes to Ashes, Battlestar Galactica, Middleman. Really? Ashes to Ashes. I loved Ashes to Ashes. I don't know what you were having the problem with that. I thought it was great oh. fun. Oh, yeah, um, John Adams. I had a complaint last year that we, uh, sorry, last week that we all liked John Adams. So I do apologise that we finally found a show all three of us enjoyed. You had a complaint. You had a complaint that we liked something. It, it was a bit of a love in. I'm, I'm told. Um, and yeah, and, and so and things like Eureka and Middleman were discoveries I only made through uh, box cutters. I would never have seen them otherwise. So that was well, a, and uh, and you joined box cutters uh, during the year. Which I did that was, as well. Uh, a yeah. highlight for me. It was excellent. Yes, it was a highlight for mm. me because otherwise Monday nights I just sat around crying. So oh. you know that was nice. No, oh. I'm kind of surprised, John, that uh, that it was only because of us that you discovered the middleman. I thought that you brought us the middleman. No, no, which Josh, was Josh, on my Josh own brought own that one list. in. That was you. Yeah, wow, and it was I, sci-fi uh, stuff and. You never used to touch sci-fi. You used to poo-poo sci-fi. We didn't even talk about Doctor Who. No, he poo-pooed English TV. Oh, English TV. 
Is that what it was? Why is this all coming down to me now? <laughs> Sorry, it I, was Ross all along. <laughs> Ross, Ross poo-pooed English TV. Ross oh, hated science fiction. He hated Ross it. hated legal dramas and he hated medical dramas. He did. Quite, what did he like? Quite he frankly, just westerns. Too. Westerns every week. Another western. Yeah, yeah. It's, and the oh, Simpsons. Oh, mate, I've brought Peter in Drama. old gun smoke. <laughs> oh, it's great. No, but it's interesting this year, um, I mean, particularly through doing box cut as well, so I think for everyone, uh, the way of watching television has completely changed. So I, I actually kind of never watch things on TV anymore. You know, I, I watch them on discs and downloads and sometimes even legally. I was downloading uh, The Daily Show for ages before realising you can watch it for free on their website. I, I, <laughs> I, I could just save myself the time. <laughs> um, so, you know, and, and it's interesting can see things like Newstopia you can watch yeah I watch that usually at work and um, yeah lots of lots of you know the way of approaching TV is, is has changed and I think the only people who haven't realised that are the TV stations yeah which is uh, interesting Brett uh, sorry Narada have, you, have many of you actually taken up with iView I you know what I haven't as yet and that's uh, that's because I still I'm still watching Neither television I, the yeah. old way with Neither my uh, personal video recorder sure. and downloads um, just very briefly with the iView, um, it seems that uh, I'm, I'm ahead of most things that they have on the ABC. Speaking of which, there's been a bit of an uproar over this week about the Doctor Who Christmas special and ABC talking about fast-tracking it, which is playing it at the end of January. January. Yeah, uh, but all the true fans are actually downloading it. Which I, I, it, I was it, watching on YouTube earlier today at work just because that seemed what it deserved. Is, is that fast-tracking <laughs> with, uh, with one or two Ts? Um, it's the ABC, of course. It's it'd be two. two. Well, see, that's why it's taking much longer because that second tea that's second come on a boat. takes a month. Yeah, <laughs> it, re- it really does. Your uh, best and worst, etc. Um, John lovely. Adams, I, I didn't actually get a, a big chance to go through it. I, I actually came in early today and then got terribly distracted by everybody around. And then John came in with cake. food and I bought lots of cake. Wanted me to make coffee for him. Um, the, he makes very good coffee. He does. Surprisingly, and and I haven't yet gone through the first couple of seasons or or all of the second season, the US office I'm just freaking hanging out for. I really dig Steve Carell in that. It's really funny. I'm so engaged with all the characters in that. Now that Ross has left the show, after all the time that Ross tried to get you to watch the US office and you just poo-pooed it it constantly, you're going, the US US can't do anything as good as England. There was so much poo-pooing in the the Ross years, wasn't there? There really was. You, I think I, I think I remember the quote. If the US try, if the UK tried to build rockets and go to the moon, they would have done it 20, 30 years before the US. I think that's something that you said. But you said that Ross hated English television. Yeah, I know. It doesn't make any sense. Yes. No, no, no. Ross loved the US. Yeah, but he likes the American version. He likes the US office. Yeah. Ross, the US office is excellent. It so is it was an just Flemish Westerns. Is that what you're saying? Ross just Flemish <laughs> Westerns. One is, after another. It is. And, and like, like, like Ross, I am uh, finding myself defending it to people that, that people have just written off because the US so often, uh, look at Kath and Kim, screw up what they want to redo for their local audiences. But that's this whole business of taking somebody else's product and actually using exactly they've now done it they've done it with Kath and Kim they did it with The Office and where they actually use the the exact episode and that does not work of course you're going to compare it's going to compare unfavorably but it is a lot cheaper than uh, than coming up with your own concepts but But then as soon as they move down the path of actually writing their own script it suddenly picks up it suddenly picks up it culturally makes sense yeah I know It it doesn't make any sense and you know what saved the US office 
was uh, being on the iTunes Music Store. Ah. People started downloading it, and then word spread that way. It's like super quick DVD sales. Yeah, kinda. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, that's a, that's another way that the uh, internet uh, saved television. Uh, likewise, Thirty Rock, which uh, again I was distracted at the start of with uh, s- uh, s- what was what was the the thingo? Studio Sixty. Yes, on oh, Sunset Studio Sixty. Yep, at the time. Um, <laughs> the Middleman, I, I very, very much enjoyed. Uh, it's it's a pity that uh, we probably won't see any more of it. I could I could go on. Well, with that. No, there is there is we we know that um, Javier Grillo, Mark's watch, is writing something Middleman related. Uh, I thought about bringing up news once, but I only know that from his Facebook page. So, um, actually, from his status updates on his Facebook. I am a stalker. Maybe, um, maybe we need to get him on the phone so that we can actually pick his brain exactly, and see what's it could, going on. It could be another comic. We yep. don't know if it's another comic or a new series, but yeah. You know. uh, Rush, uh, I actually quite enjoyed, and good Australian drama, cop drama. Uh, yeah, I've, uh, I've got that moment. as uh, best Australian premiere of the year. Oh, uh, yeah, definitely the, uh, the premiere with that, that terrible CG helicopter. Which I didn't notice the first time I was too into the chase. I, it was exciting. It was a really exciting premiere. Yeah. I, don't, the first I three, just don't think they needed the helicopter. No, the first three episodes were good, and, uh, and then it kind of lost it for me. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Uh, Pact of the Rafters, I, I quite enjoyed, and then everybody got too neurotic. And on top of that, Channel 7 screwed around with the, the timing of it um, and just kept on running it later and later and later. And uh, now, don't like it. Right. Well, I've got uh, best show for me, Lost. That last season of Lost. Do you was... like Lost, Josh? Yeah, yeah. You've never mentioned it really? on the show. No, never. Really? I do like to keep my secrets. I do. <laughs> Lost this last season was just spectacular, and we had some great television this year. Uh, but for me, nothing has kept my excitement like Lost. And I think maybe that's also because this year saw a lot of finales. We saw the end of The Sopranos. We saw the end of The Wire, and we saw the end of The Shield. Mm-hmm. When I say we, I mean me, because I don't know if anyone else here saw any of those. But uh, but those those three shows were really keeping me glued to television for, for years. Uh, of those, I think the best finale of the year has to go to The Shield. Uh, it was uh, such an amazing change in, uh, in character, and we, we actually got to see... Uh, who Vic Mackey was. I mean, for a long time, he's doing all these terrible things. Yeah, the mask on. Yeah. Yeah, it was like uh, Mission Impossible. He's doing all these terrible things. And we just kind of We just kind of go with it. But then uh, there was a moment uh, where I just went, oh, my God, he's a terrible human being. And, uh, and to get that kind of emotion out was just fantastic uh, for The Shield. It'll be uh, much missed. Most overrated show, I said already, un- underbelly. Uh, worst ad of the year goes to KFC, strangely oh, which enough. which one? <laughs> the weird ads with the cricketers being badly dubbed, uh, mm-hmm. and talking about whether they like uh, original recipe or chicken strips or... Cheap and nasty. Yeah, really, <laughs> really, Wilbur. Yeah. And, uh, and, it just, and it makes no sense, and I can't work out what's going on, and uh, it doesn't make me want chicken at all. <laughs> My mother would say, very common advertising. <laughs> 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 Uh, it's got the uh, stamp of Mrs. Wilde's disapproval. <laughs> <laughs> disapproval. And uh, so uh, that's it for uh, for me. I mean, the, a lot of the things that we've mentioned. Middleman was a huge surprise and just wonderful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've got a bit of a list of, of crap stuff from over the year, but uh, we're running out of time. We are running out of time. Nerida, uh, mediocre stuff. Quick. Okay, well, I put Flight of the Concords in mediocre. But you're wrong. Oh. Yeah. Wrong. So You're right. Wrong. I'm there with you. Yeah. 
<laughs> they're so lovable and they're, they're geeks, but you know, you want to hug him. I also love the quintessential New Zealandness of that show. It's beautifully <laughs> Kiwi. Murray, he's awesome. Pat- she doesn't well, have time. She's so got- mediocre. Go She's got no, a go thousand on, shows mediocre. to get through. Yep. Okay, uh, East of Everything, the ABC show with Richard Roxburgh. It wasn't no. awful, but it wasn't that great. Yeah, it was watchable, but they shouldn't be making sea change again. Uh, okay, the thing I keep wishing the ABC would use that money to make something we haven't seen rather yes. than something we've seen again. That's not the Australian way, John. No, you're probably you're probably you might come up against this one. Um, out of the question, which was that Glenn Robbins series. Now yeah. it was. I thought it was pretty tragic I think the first one, time around, but one hundred percent mediocre. With, yeah, but it came back with um, a panel set up, which was still mediocre. Got better. Yeah, it did get better. Well, were, were you a guest on it, Wilbur? No, I wasn't, but shows like that really need to find their own level. And we were talking before with Tom Elliott about uh, these ridiculously, um, uh, how you say, expedient decisions. You know, mm. they put a show on, doesn't matter, uh, take it off. Now, shows like that really need to develop their own soul. And I think it's doing that. Yeah. And, God, I'd, <laughs> I'd give ten times the budget of, um, of Swift and Shift to the out of the question... <laughs> You know, compared to those two but shows you know what, by comparison. Merida, it's the sort of Spike Milligan thing where when he was doing, what is it, Q1? Where the BBC actually offered him like double the budget for the second series and he said, no. You know, it's like that thing where... That it actually thrives on... It, it just, yeah, yeah, it, was it, it sort of, of has... It, yeah, well, it's sort of yeah, a, bit a bit daggy. And you don't, you don't want to overproduce something like that. And I think yeah, you run true. the risk of... Uh, oh, anyway. And if you put more money into it, then they have higher expectations. Yeah, and, you know... You're likely to be cut off next week. You know, and they've got their flashier sets, and all of a sudden it was some sort of charm that it was evolving into. And so, mm-hmm. No, yeah. I, I enjoyed yeah. Glenn's show, not just because he's a friend of mine, but, um, you know... Oh. <coughs> oh, uh, well, let me uh, just pick up me? that name. I, I thought that was clear. I thought we talked about that. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> but uh, highlights for me uh, on uh, it may have been a repeat, but I finally, in an episode of The Simpsons, found out why we never see Fat Tony's wife. And that's apparently according to him because she got whacked by natural causes. <laughs> <laughs> Burn notice. Couldn't yep. get enough of it. Yep, yep. Um, Dexter, just love it. And I, I, I think I bunged on a bit about Ad Men before. A little bit. You mentioned Mad, it. Mad yeah. did, uh, did, 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 did you think I got away with it? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. And that brings us to the end of Boxcutter's special Epedition Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say thanks very much to all our guests, Nerida Haycock, Wilbur Wilde, Tom Elliott, Jess McGuire, Jared McCulloch and James Talia, calling in all the way from the Victorian coast. It's been a fantastic year of television and uh, I've really enjoyed doing Boxcutters. I'm sorry to say we're not going to be on again. Until January the 5th! Uh, fake out! Yeah! <laughs> totally. Psych! Man! Psych! Let me going, Josh! <laughs> we will be back on uh, on January the 5th, uh, so we're taking oh, a full eight days off. <laughs> uh, oh, and can I remind everyone, we're doing a sexy show for um, for January the oh, 5th. Oh, yeah. So, so uh, wear your lingerie when you listen. Do wear your lingerie, and um, please go to our website and leave your comments about sex on television. Oh. We've asked you to, to, to contribute to the show by telling us what you think, whether there's too much, not enough, should be more, should be less, what works, what doesn't. Hello to all our new listeners and check out the video podcast. Oh, everyone wave for the video podcast. Wave at the camera. There is no video podcast. There we go. (laughs) If if you enjoyed this show, and of course you would have, because it was only, you know, two hours of bedlam, (laughs) 
<laughs> Please go onto the iTunes Music Store and leave us a review or go onto the website and leave a comment, uh, boxcutters.net. If you want to email us, it's hooray at boxcutters.net. Hooray! Or you can always text us 0458-CUTTER. Thanks very much for all their support throughout the year. Crumpler, whose bags have given our listeners much joy. So much joy. Crumpler.com.au if you want to find them. And 3RRR, whose studios we use for recording this podcast each and every week. They are very special to us. Find them on the web at rrr.org.au. Until next year, my name is Josh Canal. I've been Joe Richards. Wilbur Wilde. Nerida Haycock. And I continue to be Brett Cropley. Thanks for listening to Box Cutters. Catch us again soon. And hey, let's be careful out there. Mm-hmm.